guys doing today? This is Went Chat with Johnny Fuent. Glad to be talking to you guys today. I know this episode is coming a little bit late, my bad, but of course it is a holiday, Father's Day. Shout out to all you fathers out there. Now we got an interesting episode today, so let's go ahead and get started. First off, we have comics. And my god, DC. <laughs> Oof. I gotta say, DC has been very interesting these past couple weeks. Especially when it comes to their uh, comic choices. Anyway, we're going to be starting with talking. Oh my god, I can't speak today. Woo. We're going to be talking about DC's recent Tim Drake one-shot. Now, for those of you who don't know, Tim Drake is the third Robin. Right before Damien and right after Jason Todd. And he is one of the smarter of the bunch of Robins. More of the detective than the fighter. Now, Tim Drake has had an interesting year. Now, one thing about Tim Drake is that they have recently revealed that he is bi and have given him a boyfriend. But the thing with that is, is off panel, which means that we didn't see it happen, he broke up with his longtime girlfriend, Stephanie Brown, who he has had a relationship with for the past 20 years in comics time. Anyway, uh, they broke up off panel, was given no explanation, and this one shot was going to explain it all. And it really did not explain anything. Basically, they didn't really discuss much. They forgave each other, and she was super excited to meet his new boyfriend, calling it the best day ever. And... Honestly, I'm not going to lie, this seems like a slap on the wrist or just DC's way of saying, hey, now we got to buy character in Batman's family. It was really not done correctly. Heck, this entire comic book basically felt lazy. They made a character who's been around for decades, never hinted at being bi, and just gave him a boyfriend. Made him break up with a girl just because... Just because they didn't give us any explanation. And this seems really authentic, especially with the girlfriend or the ex at this point being, oh my god, I can't wait to meet so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. And it just, it seems unauthentic and dis disrespectful to those in the LGBTQ community because just changing a character from straight to bi with no explanation just makes the story subpar and with no explanation on why they broke up even worse it's i don't know about dc's choices especially when it comes to some of the writers we've been getting and what makes this worse is the same writer is going to be writing for tim drake's uh standalone series and if this is the type of work that she's shown us so far i'm not excited about it not excited about it at all. I'm hoping maybe this is a fluke. Maybe she'll be an excellent writer. We'll get some really quality stories. But I don't see it. And again, I believe representation is important. But not done in a lazy way or in a matter that seems very disrespectful. And I think DC can do a lot better. And maybe talking with the writers and seeing what their ideas are before screwing up the story even further because i guarantee somewhere down the line something's gonna happen 
and then we got an entirely new story because the writers of the next solo series is basically playing cleanup for the last writers and it gets really tiring gets really dumb because the next solo series they're redoing everything and i feel like dc should get an editor or if they already have one have one that has the direction of where they want to go someone like kevin fag with the marvel movies where he'll be like okay we're not doing this we're doing this that is a terrible idea don't do that because i feel like that would benefit dc a lot especially with all the stuff they're going through right now because by god it's a lot anyway on a positive note we're still going to be talking about dc and this is actually a positive note so they have a new comic book series called jurassic trinity where all your favorite heroes in the universe are dinosaurs instead of superman we have super sore instead of batman we have batwalker and instead of wonder woman we have wandered on and this entire idea is silly goofy and i'm here for it this is I don't know. It feels like with the way comics were before they blew up. It feels goofy. It feels out there, but it feels amazing. And I'm happy for it. This is what comic books should be. Fun, exciting comics that you actually enjoy. And it's a wild idea. But with DC been lacking with recent comics where they take themselves too seriously and forget that they're fiction... I mean, I'm loving this series, and Mike Spencer has been doing a fantastic job. And I'm here to see what issue 3 has in story, because with issue 2, that's where all these characters met up. And I'm excited to see where this goes. Heck, I'm wondering what the heck Lex Luthor's dinosaur is going to be. Or Alfred. I mean, heck, Robin at this point is a human, but a caveman, so they have options here. And I recommend this to anybody who wants to pick up a fun story series and to show DC that this is actually what we want. We want more stories like this, not the ones like Tim Drake. God, we need to get away from those things. Anyway, I want to go ahead and talk to you guys about Marvel. And Marvel has released a new anthology series named Marvel Tales, where they shine a spotlight on fan-favorite characters. And this issue, or one of the issues, is talking about the new Fantastic Four team, or a Fantastic Four team, that we've actually been introduced to back in the 90s. And this is, well, the story talks about where the Fantastic Four falls, the Invisible Woman summons the Hulk, Wolverine, Spider-Man, and Ghost Rider to team up and be the new Fantastic Four. And in this issue, they have to stop the Mole Man from basically destroying New York, but uncover that there is more to this attack and have to find out who is really pulling the strings. And this comic book series seems like it's going to be fun and a great direction because honestly, it's just an anthology series, so it's contained. They can tell the stories, they can do whatever, and it seems like a fun time, and I can't wait for it. It seems like it's going to be super fun. Now, anyway, going talking about Wolverine, we're going to be talking about the recent issue of Wolverine, issue 22, where Wolverine is trapped in an animantium prison, 
after being betrayed by a colleague called Maverick, not related to the Tom Cruise character, but he is not there stuck alone. No, no. He is stuck with the one, the only, the Merc with the mouth, Deadpool, who Wolverine's convinced is the reason he is imprisoned. And I've read the comic book, and Wolverine is a real jerk to Deadpool. I mean, to the point where you actually feel bad about him. But it's still fun. They still have their quips. Deadpool's still funnier than ever. And whenever Deadpool and Wolverine team up, I'm here for it. And I'm actually kind of surprised Wolverine is treating Deadpool, considering Deadpool is sort of a king. The king of monsters. And I'm not going to go into that, but if you haven't picked up Deadpool's recent run lately, definitely check it out, because he is the king and a rightful ruler as that as well. Anyway, keeping on with Marvel, I want to talk to you guys about Miles Morales and his recent What If comic. And this one is weird. Now, this one is What If Miles Morales was Thor. And they made him have a fade in this one. They made Mjolnir have graffiti on it. Even made the Frost Giants have fades, talking about the shoes and all that stuff. And the dialogue, I don't know, it sounds like it was written by a white guy with out-of-date tropes. Because this comic was really cringy. And not in a good way. And especially it shows on the visuals. Marvel really needs to do better if they're going to continue this series and not make it cringy. Maybe talk to somebody before even releasing something like this because it just seems like, all right, if Miles Morales was Thor, it we're going to make, I don't know, like with the graffiti on Mjolnir, was that really necessary? It just seems like they getified it and it that's not a good thing. If Miles Morales was Thor, I mean, put some respect on it too. Tell a different story, not just something like a white guy would come up with, oh, this is... This is what they'll say. This is what they'll do. It just, yeah, it just seems really bad. And I mean, I'm sorry to say, but I wouldn't recommend this comic book issue to anybody. And I really hope they change writers for the next one or go in a better direction. Because, God, it was very cringy. And if you don't believe me, definitely check out the comic book in your library or just look up some of the images online. Because, wow, was it bad. Anyway, we're going to move on from comics and talk about TV shows. Now, for this, I'm going to be talking about a spoiler review of the recent Obi-Wan episode and a couple other shows of episode one of Miss Marvel and episode four of The Boys. So if you guys don't want to hear that, please skip ahead. You have been warned. Anyway, Obi-Wan episode three. Now, this basically, not episode three, oh my god, episode four. Now, this basically begins with Obi-Wan in the back to tank. And he prematurely basically gets out after having a bound, a bad dream. Wow, I cannot speak today. <laughs> anyway, his wounds are miraculously healed. Even though he left the Bacta tank early, which I find really dumb, considering that a Bacta tank takes time for someone to heal, even with the Force, even for something like his burned wounds. 
and he would have had to have more time healing. But anyway, he has to find Leia, who's been captured and is determined to save her. He, ta- he and Tala break into the Inquisitor Temple, surrounded by all these stormtroopers. And during this, Tala is communicating with Obi-Wan through a communicator and gets to a computer and helps him through one of the openings under the water. The problem I have with this scene is the fact that she's not hiding that she's communicating with him and no one seems to care. No one's questioning her talking to somebody loudly, to say the least, and basically giving him directions. And I find that really weird. I really just, my disbelief kind of went out the window. So anyway, he's able to find Leia, who is being interrogated by the third sister, and I find it very cool that she's actually resisting the whole forced mind-reading thing and not falling for the third sister's threats. I also find it hilarious that the third sister is so weak in the force that she can't even work her magic on a child. Anyway, she basically seems to put her in a torture chamber because she's not below torturing children, which I find funny considering when we find out who she actually is, the third sister. And I gotta say, I am still not a fan of the actress playing the third sister. She just seems really constipated at times and just bland. I I don't know. I just, I don't know if it's the writing or the actress itself. I'm just not a fan. Anyway, Obi-Wan ends up finding a tomb where Jedi corpses reside. And this was actually very sad and just amazing at the same time because we see all these trophies. That's basically what they were. They were actually trophies. And one of the corpses we recognize as Master Terra Sanube, who was introduced in the Clone Wars. And it was kind of sad to see him because he was so old in the Clone Wars and you'd hope he would have passed away before Order 66 happened. But he didn't. He he ended up dying to either Anakin or the or the clones. And it's really sad considering how old he was. Again, I mean, dang. Anyway, uh, Tala is still communicating with Obi-Wan, manages to attack a officer, knock them down without anybody noticing. And it just proves that Stormtrooper armor protects against nothing because she takes a couple of them out too. And one thing that's interesting and cool about this episode was how Obi-Wan was able to take out two stormtroopers in the dark by igniting his lightsaber, attacking them, and basically turning it off for stealth. And one thing I liked about it was it kind of reminded me of uh, the trailer for Forced Unleashed 2, an excellent Star Wars game. And if you haven't played it, definitely would recommend the first one. Part 2 was kind of eh, but still not a bad game. Anyway, one thing uh, I found very very odd and threw my disbelief straight out the window above a cliff was how they all basically escaped. They wore a disguise. Tala and Obi-Wan wore officer's uniform while Leia basically was under one of them. It just seemed really unrealistic and it seemed like the writer had ran out of ideas at that point. I mean, shoot, it would have been better to put her in a crate like or something something to make it better because they literally 
escaped successfully and passed two Inquisitors. Yeah, the plot armor was strong in this scene. And they end up escaping with the help of a couple rebels. They end up losing one of the rebel ships. And Vader, oh my god. The scene where he's striding fast is scary. Because you can tell he's ticked. He uses the force after the third sister fails. And I just loved it. Because he is done with her. And then she proves her worth by letting him know that, hey, I put a tracker on the droid and all that stuff. But, I mean, like I said before, this episode seems to be the weakest of the show so far. And I'm hoping that it gets better. And it does. I'm just hoping episode 6, the season finale or series finale, depending on where they want to take this, being the last episode. And I hope it's not like episode 4. Because, yeah, that was very weak. Anyway, speaking of episode 4, we're going to be talking about episode 4 of The Boys. Again, if you haven't catched up, please skip this episode. And I gotta say, wow, wow, this show just keeps getting better and better. And one thing I'm impressed was how they managed to make Homelander a bigger ass than what he was. Honestly, because the amount of manipulation he pulled to get Stan called out by his adopted daughter, no less, for all the stuff that's been happening in the company, especially with Compound V, is outstanding. And having Stan leave the company. But the one thing I gotta love about Stan is he does not let Homelander get under his skin. And he always seems to have the last word. Because as he's leaving... He calls Homelander a bad product. And that kind of reminded me of the scene in the comic where he says the same thing. And it's just magical. And the one thing I liked about this episode was basically how we're seeing Chemical evolving. And it's kind of heartbreaking as well because she wants to be more than a hired gun. Especially after she ends up killing all those Russian oligarchs and Russian guards and seeing the faces of the women she's saving. And the one thing about the entire situation was the fact that she didn't blame them for shooting her. She really didn't. And no matter what she tried to do, they were just still scared. And like I said, you kind of have to feel bad for her too because, I mean, you're already on season three, so you know she really didn't have an easy time, especially with The stuff that happened with her brother. Anyway, uh, one of the scenes of this episode that made my mouth just gape was the fact that Homelander killed Alex. And I gotta say, I thought that the A-Train might have changed, especially after speaking with his brother in the previous episode. But he just, oh my god, he just turns out to be such a bad guy even worse I mean heck you're like okay he's maybe good especially after doing all that stuff to help with storefront but nope he betrays Starlight and Huey and told Homelander especially after everything that's been happening with Homelander abusing him because he basically seems him as a weakling 
and he criticizes him and just a train is like, all right, I'm st- still want to be on the girl's good side. I still want to help you. And it's kind of sad. And it's kind of sad that he still wants to be respected by Homelander. And I don't think he realizes that he never had that respect in the first place. I will say this, that I found the scene when Homelander, not Homelander, Butcher, reveals his powers from the Compound V, especially with M.M.'s reaction because he thought Butcher was sacrificing himself. And even more so when Huey teleports and reveals that, hey, he took the temporary Compound V as well. Oh my god, the reaction from them was amazing. Even more so when they realized that Soldier Boy was alive, that the Russians didn't have a weapon, that they basically captured him and experimented on him. Because one of the scenes that made me go, whoa, was when he shot a laser out of his stomach and Kimiko wasn't healing after she pushed Frenchie out of the way to tank the blast. So with all this happening... Everything with Homelander, and after seeing episode 5, oh, I cannot wait to see where this all goes. And again, I will be talking about episode 5 on the next episode. Anyway, with the boys being talked about, I'm going to go ahead and move on to Miss Marvel. And again, spoilers. And this is going to be talking about episode 1. Now, the one thing I got to say is all the characters are a cliché. The best friend who is a tech wizard and who also has a crush on the main protagonist. The friend who is smart and is encouraged to do more. The family, it just, it's all cliche at this point. And I mean, it's cool. I mean, there's no original ideas anymore. Anyway, the beginning of the episode, the visuals they begin to show you kind of puts you in the mood of telling you how the show is going to be because it's very colorful it's very different Kamala being an Avengers fan but specifically more a Captain Marvel fan who she thinks is the reason the Avengers beat Thanos which isn't technically true but hey everyone's has their right to their own opinion even though Captain Marvel is very bland and I don't understand the hype between the characters but I don't know maybe we'll see more personality in the new Marvel's movie. Anyway, one thing I have to say is Kamala is an an outsider, like most cliche coming-of-age stories, but it's different from the rest of her classmates. She daydreams as the show goes on, and I gotta say, it's kind of relatable because being a Marvel fan, especially growing up with the Avengers 10 years ago, oh my god, it's almost, it's been 10 years ago, but Iron Man, Being in high school, middle school, and all that stuff, daydreaming, like, oh my god, what would it be like if I had this powers and all that stuff? It's kind of relatable, and it kind of gives you that sense of, oh my god, this is how I used to be. But anyway, uh, she daydreams throughout the show, and her parents are very concerned because she spends her days daydreaming. And she wants to go to Avengers Con because she wants to win the costume contest of her being Captain Marvel she asks her parents they say no but I will say this though the most gut-wrenching scene was when the father and the mother decide hey you can go to Avengers Con but I want your dad to go with you and instead of Captain Marvel you're gonna go as the Hulk and just 
seeing her break her dad's heart was kind of, it was gut-wrenching. And you kind of felt bad for him because it was kind of like he wanted to do this with his daughter and his daughter didn't want to do it with him. And like I said, the scene was gut-wrenching. Anyway, she ends up sneaking out. She ends up uh, also taking a trinket that her grandmother sent. And it reveals that it's unlocking her powers. And when she first gets her powers, I got to say this. It's basically how you would picture someone reacting. How they kind of out of control. They end up destroying something, causing trouble. Which she actually does. And she ends up saving someone's life after fixing the stuff she calls. And in the end scene of the episode, it's basically her being revealed through the camera and the people from Spider-Man No Way Home, the people who arrested Peter at first, are the same people who are saying, okay, we have to find out who this is because her powers are new and could be dangerous. All in all... It's an interesting first episode, just getting you to know the character, starting off slow. And the one thing I find interesting is, even for the first episode, there's no main villain revealed. And, I mean, we don't need a main villain revealed just yet. I mean, look at WandaVision. I mean, no one really knew who the main villain was until, like, the second to last episode. And the last episode, so maybe this will do that again. As of right now, I don't see how her powers are going to be practical, especially when she's going to be appearing in the new Captain Marvel movie, which will probably take place in space. Again, we'll see what happens, and I'm hoping episode 2, 3, and 4 are even better. Anyway, moving along from spoiler review episodes, we're going to be talking about a new announcement that came up. Kung Fu Panda is coming back in TV format. And I know, I know. Hey, Johnny Flint, they've always had a TV show, but this is different. This one actually has Jack Black returning to the role. Yes, the actual Kung Fu Panda from the movie. And this will be airing on Netflix. So this should be very interesting to see what happens because it seems like besides his father, whose actor I cannot remember at this point, is basically the only two cast returning. So it should be interesting to see how this all reacts and to see how well the animation is because I'm not going to lie, a lot of the TV show animations, especially the ones on Netflix from movies, are not the greatest, but maybe with Jack Black returning, it'll be at least decent. Anyway, that's it for TV shows and we're going to be talking about movies. Now, the first movie we're going to be talking about is Lightyear and I gotta say, I'm loving this movie. I've seen it twice already. Well, I had to see it with my dad because, I mean, I when I was younger, I loved Buzz Lightyear. So I saw it with one with my sister and the second time with my dad. And both times, the movie was amazing. And I really don't understand the hate it's getting. And honestly, it's just weird. People complaining. First, they're complaining that Chris Evans for playing Buzz because they're like oh my god it doesn't have Tim Allen we're not going to watch the movie without Tim Allen it's like well this isn't based on the toy per se this is the movie that the toy was based on and I mean I get it if they want to start a franchise they're going to need someone who's younger who sounds 
not more crisper in a way. How, how can I pronounce this or say this? But basically, they want someone who can last long with the franchise because Tim Allen, Tom Hanks, they're getting up there with age. And honestly, as hard as it's to say, they're not young anymore. When the, I mean, they were young maybe 30 years ago when the first Toy Story came out. But nowadays, they're not as young. And if they want to make a franchise out of this, they're going to have to cast younger people. And it's, it is hard because it's like, oh, my God, I'm old now. <laughs> like, oh, my God, I remember when they were the young. I remember when they were doing this movie and this movie. And it's like, yeah, that was like 30, 40 something years ago. Huh. Kind of makes you think. But anyway, back to the Lightyear movie. It's a great movie. And I honestly don't understand the hate because it's been banned in a few countries just for a 0.5 second kiss between two women really weird and it's like you blink and it's gone it wasn't even that big of a deal and people are just exploding it just because anyway uh so in the beginning pixar being pixar makes you feel for the character because oh my god it's just wow i'm not gonna spoil anything but the pixar does a fantastic job in the beginning of making you like somewhat cry and, I mean, they've done it before with Up and other movies, but it's nice to know that Pixar still hasn't lost its touch. Most of it. I still don't know what was going on with Turning Red. I honestly thought that movie would do better as, like, an anime animation. But, anyway, back to Lightyear. Uh, Lightyear is interesting because you see why he was stubborn as a toy. Because Buzz, the real-life one, will do anything and go far to complete his mission or missions and the characters throughout the show were fun they were chaotic zerg was very interesting and not at all what i expected and when you when it i'm not like i said i'm not going to say anything no spoilers but very fun you're going to love him james roland plays an excellent zerg and it's not going to be what you expect at all and one of the best characters out of this entire movie was Socks, the robot cat. Oh my god, his comedic timing was perfect. And honestly, if I had to rate this movie, I would definitely give it a 8 out of 10. And I'm definitely looking forward to the sequel. Because with the ending, and I'm going to say this, watch until the very end. After the Disney logo and after the Pixar logo. Because they kind of, I don't know, I want to say kind of do a video game ending where you gotta wait until the very end but they basically do that so if you haven't watched it yet definitely wait until the very very end because if this does good in the box office oh you better believe they're making a sequel and i can't wait for it again definitely would give this movie an 8 out of 10 now another movie jurassic park dominion wow this movie was okay at the very, very best, an okay Jurassic Park movie. It really tried to fit so much in the movie, and it fell flat at times. The story was very bland and really didn't stick out like the previous movies. But I will give it this, it was slightly better than the last Jurassic movie, which isn't really saying much. And the plot armor was strong in this one. I mean, heck, there were supposed to be times where the main character was supposed to die, but they didn't. And it was because of plot armor. And the main villain? Wow. 
was he goofy and not in a good way. He kind of reminded you of like Elon Musk mixed with Bill Gates with a sprinkle of Steve Jobs. It just, I don't know. I get that it's a Jurassic Park movie. It's going to make millions and millions. Heck, it's almost at a billion. But still, it's just bland. And, I mean, the visuals definitely got better. But I don't know. They they definitely need to write a better story. I mean, heck, you got dinosaurs living among us. You can make a thriller. You can make a horror movie. You can do small projects to build up the hype, build up the lore. Well, I mean, not really lore, but kind of build up the world that these people are living in. Because, heck, I mean, you got dinosaurs already. Might as well build it up to be like, coming soon, a Jurassic Park story, standalone, where this family's hunted by velociraptors and a T-Rex. I mean, the story is there. But anyway, if I had to rate this movie, I'd definitely give it a 5 out of 10. And I really hope the next one is definitely better. Anyway, uh, moving on from movie reviews, we want to talk about the new Puss in Boots trailer. And oh my god, does the animation look great. It kind of looks like a mix between uh, the old animation from Puss in Boots and definitely a lot of the Spider-Verse animation, which I do not have a problem with. It looks amazing. And I love the first Puss in Boots movie. And I'm glad they're making a sequel even after all these years. And I'm excited to see how it turns out. And I'm here for it. Speaking of Spider-Verse, if you guys haven't seen, they added The Spot. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't blame you if you don't know who the heck The Spot is. Unless you've seen the uh, Spider-Man 90s animation where it has the dude with a bunch of spots on him. And he can travel wherever. Or you try to punch him, your punch is not going to hit him. It's Especially if you hit one of his spots... It's going to go through him and hit somebody else. Maybe yourself. Maybe your colleague. But I'm excited to see how the spot plays in all this. Because, again, he's one of the weirder Spider-Man characters. And I'm excited to see how he fits in all this. And I'm very excited for it. Anyway, continuing with Marvel. We're going to talk about Black Panther 2. Wakanda Forever. And it is getting closer to the release date in November. And I'm kind of worried. We have yet to get a trailer for this movie. And it's just building up a lot of hype. Especially since not only do they have to live up to the hype of the previous movie, but they have to make this movie respectful and to honor the late Chadwick Boseman. And... As much as I'm really looking forward to this movie, it has a lot to it has a lot to answer for. It has a lot to basically do. And I'm not sure if this movie will be able to do it at all. We have yet to see anything at all. Maybe a few leaks here and there talking about maybe what the plot is, but there's a lot of speculation and I'm really hoping that this movie lives up to the hype. Honors Chadwick Boseman. And just continues with the Black Panther story since we're going to have to figure out who the next Black Panther is. Is it going to be Shuri? Is it going to be one of the other characters? Who knows? All I can say is it's too early-ish to judge. Because honestly, we should have gotten a trailer already. I know they're doing some reshoots, but 
who knows? I'm hoping this movie does well, and I'm looking forward to the trailer. Anyway, uh, that's it for movies. We're going to be going along to video games. And I got to say, it's been a crazy couple weeks. I mean, besides the last week, my God, was that a long episode. All the crazy video game announcements. And this week hasn't been as crazy, but they did release a lot of information, especially since they had the whole Microsoft and Bethesda showcase. And we're going to be talking about some of the games that were announced during this showcase. And some of them are good, while others are questionable. Anyway, let's begin with the recent videos and one of Microsoft and Bethesda's biggest game, Starfield. Finally with a trailer with some gameplay, and I gotta say, the graphics do look amazing, and it looks like an interesting game. Starting off, the customizations let you basically customize your character the way you want to. You can make your character an introvert or an extrovert. You can make them big, small, change your character, adjust the muscles, even do body type. And not to mention, not even talk talking styles, but walking styles. It's kind of cool. And it's interesting to see how in-depth these customizations are. They may not be as in-depth as something like Cyberpunk, but I mean... Again, we all see how Cyberpunk went, so I mean, maybe not a bad thing. Anyway, one thing I find interesting is the fact that you can choose your background with three skills, which is nice because depending on how you want to make your character, it can lead to different situations being viable as an option. So one of the things that I definitely want to give a try is the diplomatic skill or diplomatic background where I can basically talk my way out of situations. And they also have a few other ones which seem very interesting. They have Bounty Hunter, Chef, Combat Medic, Pilgrim, Ronin, and other stuff that will grant you different abilities. And with a bunch of them, I mean, heck, Chef? I'm very interested to see what good skills that gives you, especially in a game where it's exploration and you're, like, fighting pirates. I mean, heck, I, I can see why Ronin would make sense, but, like, Chef and stuff like that... I'm excited to see how that one plays out. And one thing also is the possible, not possible, but the possibilities are endless. Uh, One thing also is afterwards you can pick up to three traits with advantages and disadvantages. It kind of reminds you of a D&D Dungeons and Dragons character creation. And they do have a skill system that they basically combined from their previous games to make this one right, taking all the positives. And you're able to get more skills, rank them, and leveling them up by basically completing the jobs that will give you some of these skills. And it's kind of cool. Their crafting system seems interesting, and you can basically craft mods to customize your weapons to do different things. Or even your vehicle or other tools. So you can do stuff you're not able to do uh, previously. One thing you can also do is build an outpost. Similar to Subnautica from what it seems. On different planets you can... um, What's the word? Put them with people to do different stuff. And the detailing, like I said, is kind of cool. Especially when it comes to customizing your ship. They have different ships... Uh, from different companies or whatever to do different stuff, but you can adjust 
the levels, adjust the engines, how many engines this thing got, make it more of a power, make it more of a speed type spaceship. And I got to say, it's kind of cool. And one thing that's really interesting is you can adjust the levels of what you want to invest your power in. So basically, uh, very similar to the uh, VR Star Wars game, where if you're getting blasted by a bunch of enemies, you can take away uh, power from speed and put most of your power on your shields or your weapons. And I think that's going to be kind of cool, because depending on how you want your ship to be, that can lead to some interesting situations where you can either fight or you can either run. And depending on what you want to do and what your ship is made for, it can lead to some awesome TikToks or even videos that you can save. And it's going to be interesting to see what the defense and power capabilities are with certain ships since we only saw a glance. But with so many designs, I'm hoping that they allow you to have like some type of secret weapon where, okay, the ship is mostly bulky and has a bunch of weapons, but the secret weapon is that it can do like a super boost and get you out of sticky situations. That would be kind of cool. And I'm excited to see how that includes the space combat because there is space combat and you can go from the ground to space, sort of. And with everything going on, I'm just hoping that this isn't some type of grind fest where you're going to have to grind for a lot of these items and that's all you're going to be doing. Now, one thing I also want to talk about is how weary I am at the same time for this game. Because a lot of times, games normally never live up to the hype. Or they try to get close to it. And I really hope this doesn't turn into another cyberpunk. Where nothing works, everything is glitchy, and it just fails. And I'm going to be playing this on my PC because I don't have an Xbox. And I'm not going to lie, when I was watching the gameplay, I couldn't help but make a lot of similarities to No Man's Sky. Especially with the thousand planets generated that you can explore. I'm really hoping that these planets aren't just empty husks. Where you'll be allowed to maybe go here and there, but you'll get bored. I'm hoping that each planet has something exciting. Something that will keep you there. One thing I found interesting was how they made an announcement is that you won't be able to land your ship anywhere on the planet. That once you go there, you have to go to certain places to land and you'll have to walk around, which is kind of weird because you'd figure that adding that would make the game more immersive, be able to land wherever. But uh, they mentioned that they had to scrap that because it wasn't in their vision. So I'm hoping that it becomes their vision once people play the game and they want something like that or a feature that they're going to add later. Which would make it things easier, especially if you have to bring big supplies. Having your ship land wherever would definitely help. Uh, I also want to mention that this game is single player only. And as of right now, they don't have any plans for a multiplayer. And I'm hoping the story is long enough and the items they have, events, is fun. And again, it's not just a grind fest. That they actually have a lot of stuff for you to do. Kind of like Dying Light. Or The Witcher. So who knows. Maybe this game will live up to the hype. And be amazing. Maybe it won't. I'm definitely going to wait before pre-ordering this game. And I'll see how it scores. Probably after a couple days. 
you know, unless, I don't know, Microsoft wants to send me a free copy to trial before it releases. I mean, they don't have to, but I wouldn't mind. Would be kind of cool. Would be really cool, actually. Anyway, uh, moving on, uh, another game that was announced was the new Plague sequel called Requiem. And I loved the first Plague game. It was unique. It was mostly a stealth game with action added in in a fantasy land. And I'm very excited. I actually uh, played it on my PlayStation 4 and was kind of sad to hear that this turned into an Xbox exclusive just because I had fun. I actually played it with my mom and she loved the game. So it's going to be kind of harder uh, to play this with a PC. Anyway, I'm very excited to see how the Holy Crusade continues to fit in this considering it takes place during the Crusades and how the rats will play a big part. I'm excited to see how the brother's powers has increased since the last game and how the sister will handle having to kill more and more people who are after them because they said that it's going to take a toll on her and I'm not surprised. She basically went from a princess to a fugitive within hours. So we'll see how it goes and I'm hoping that the sequel lives up to the hype of the original. Anyway, another thing coming to Xbox is Persona 3, 4, and 5. They're having uh, a release date with them coming to place, uh, coming to Xbox, and they're actually going to be on Game Pass as well. So if you're a big Persona fan and was kind of bummed out that they weren't on Xbox, now they are, and also on Game Pass. Another thing that was announced was basically the new Overwatch game. Well, not really announced. I mean, we all knew Overwatch 2 was coming, but they actually had the trailer for it. And... I'm not going to lie, I don't know why they're making a Overwatch 2. It just seems weird. I know this was before Microsoft bought Blizzard, but still. Really? I mean, they could have just updated the game. And I really don't understand the whole sequel. And it, the funny thing is, it actually hurt the first game because they haven't released any updates. And the game has basically been dying their eSport league is in shambles. Their dedicated player base dwindles each month. All for to make a sequel. I will say that the good thing that's come out of this is that the sequel will be free to play. And I'm hoping that it will save the game because the original Overwatch was fun. I can tell you how many times I played Overwatch with my friends. And seeing the game I like just die because they're working on an unnecessary sequel is sad. So I'm hoping that we don't get any more sequels to Overwatch because we really don't need it. The game just needs to be updated. And with the sequel, I mean, heck, it doesn't seem like they're going to need to update it anytime soon. Or not update, but make a sequel. They can just continue with the updates and see where it goes. Anyway, another announcement that was made was Forza Motorsport. And I've never been a Motorsport fan, let alone a Forza fan. But my friends are, and they're looking forward to it because the visuals was amazing. And I'm not going to lie, it was amazing. Speaking of Forza, Forza 5 is bringing back Hot Wheels expansion. And that one actually seems fun. And I haven't played Forza 5. Actually, that's a lie. I have played it, but just played it to uh, ride the Warhog. That's about it. But anyway, I may have to get back into the game because Hot Wheels is awesome and I've seen the uh, previous games that had the mode in it 
And I can't wait to see how this goes with five, since this is going to be an expansion. And if you have game pass, it's going to be a free expansion. So either way, I'm looking forward to it. And I may just have to play the game just for the hot wheels. And it's kind of interesting to see Hot Wheels doing expansive with Forza, considering that they have their own game. And I really wonder if their fan base in the standalone game has dwindled or they were like, you know what, let's build the hype and add it to Forza. Either way, I'm excited for it and can't wait to see how this goes. Uh, One other announcement that they made was Resident Evil. An update is coming where you'll be allowed to replay the game Village, but in third person instead of first, which is actually kind of interesting because that's how you previously played the other Resident Evil games. Of course, besides 7, where it was also in first person, it will kind of bring a nice little nostalgia. Because like I said, it was how you played the previous Resident Evil games. And one thing I'll say is both uh, 2 and 3 remakes of Resident Evil will be getting a next-gen update, and so will Resident Evil 7. So if you're ever bored or haven't played the games at all, definitely would recommend these because they are fun games. Scary. Like, oh my god, I'm going to die type of games, but definitely a fun game. One thing that I'm excited for is they announced a new DLC with Rose being the new main character and she's basically trying to get rid of her powers and she's given the seed that her father was given and she basically taps into the seed and is now transported inside where she will have to fight monsters trapped in the seed and I gotta say the story seems wacky but it's a Resident Evil game and I'm here for it because it was fun I loved it and I can't wait to see where this this DLC goes I'm hoping it's great. You know what? Scratch that. I know it's going to be great. So we'll see how this goes. And I cannot wait for October because, of course, it's coming out during the spooky month. Yay! More Resident Evil. Never a bad thing. Unless it's a TV show. Then very wary. Anyway, another game coming out, speaking of spooky as well, is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game. And... They haven't really released a release date unless I missed it. But the one thing that's interesting is they did announce it. And I originally thought that Leatherface was going to be the only killer. But it seems like he's going to be joined in by some of his family members. Which actually kind of makes sense considering that's how the previous movies, well, 1 and 2 were. Leatherface would kill people, but his family would also have a kill count as well. Now, I'm going to say this. The trailer does make the game seem interesting, but... Until I see a gameplay trailer, I'm going to wait on this thing. Because until I see like them doing like 10 minutes at the very least, I don't know. It just it seems low budget, but it seems like it's going to be fun. I don't know. I, I Like I said, I'm very not trusting when it comes to games because a lot of times it can be a bait and switch. So who knows? Like I said, I'll wait for the gameplay trailer to be released, but I'll be definitely keeping an eye on this one. Anyway, one other game that was announced was Slime Rancher 2. So if you guys haven't played Slime Rancher, it was actually a pretty fun game. Pretty simple. It's interesting because they had a lot of uh, speedrunners do Slime Rancher and get it done within a certain amount of time. So 
I'm excited to see what the sequel holds and to see what new times these speed racers or speed runners will get. Another game that was announced, which I found very interesting, was actually a sort of, how may I put this? RPG, not RPG, uh, action strategy type Minecraft game, which was going to be called Minecraft Legends. And it kind of looks interesting. I like how Microsoft is basically expanding Minecraft to other games and other genres. I mean, we had, what, Minecraft Dungeons come out a year and a half ago. So it's going to be interesting to see all these new games come out in the Minecraft universe. Again, it seems interesting. It's an action strategy. I look forward to see the gameplay of it. And like anything else, I would definitely recommend, unless you know the game is going to be good, Waiting for the gameplay footage, because I guarantee you, once you see that gameplay footage, you'll be able to make a decision on whether or not you want to actually play the game. Anyway, moving on from video games, we're going to be talking about current events. Now, this week has been interesting, because uh, this week we actually had a TikTok star uh, basically become famous again. So the reason she was getting famous is because she was on the news for complaining about a ranch that would not let her ride the horse because she was too overweight. And honestly, I have to completely agree with the ranchers for making that decision to not let her ride the horse because horses are not playthings. They're living animals that have a weight limit. And for someone to complain about not being able to ride the horse to complain, oh, they're being fat phobic. And it's like, no, they're not. Horses are living things. And it'd just be cruel to put someone who's way over the weight limit on the horse, especially if that horse were to get injured. That's going to be on the fault of the ranchers, especially breaking their back and just not be able to walk properly. That just seems really like animal cruelty. And listen, I'm here. I'm, I'm all for bo- uh, body positivity, positivity, but not at the cost on an animal's life. Not at all. So, in my opinion, I think that the TikTok star was in the wrong. I get that the rancher's son made a video and it could have been done better, but still, I definitely agree with their decision not to let her ride the horse. Anyway, on a positive note, the Golden Gate Warriors have won the NBA champions. And I'm only mentioning this because I have a bunch of friends who are big basketball fans, especially with them playing like basketball games. So they were super happy and I got to see everybody on NBA basically play on the games, whether it be on PlayStation or Xbox, uh, play like they were the Celtics with the Golden Gate Warriors and be like, oh, I want to replay this, but in the video game. But anyway, I'm happy that the Golden Gate Warriors won and definitely that Stephen Curry is able to walk away with the W because he definitely deserves it. I mean, heck, it was a very hectic basketball game and it was pretty close at times. Well, not close, but you thought that the Celtics were going to get one over the Golden Gate, but never did. Anyway, that's it for this week's episode. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it or hope that you guys enjoyed it. If you guys haven't already, please like and subscribe. 
and I just wanted to make an announcement real quick. I am actually going to be going to Europe. Uh, I'm going to be leaving around the 29th of June. So next week will be the last episode until I come back from vacation. So if you guys don't hear from me, that's why. Anyway, I'm hoping you guys have an excellent week. And you guys stay safe. So goodbye, have fun, and stay blessed. Talk to you guys later. Bye.